Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. You can get in touch. 0876797104. Some TV shows come along once in a while and I, th- I find these types of TV shows fascinating. And some of the best stories are a fish out of water kind of settings where you take one person and put them into a completely foreign situation where they may not be used to it or comfortable with it. There was a program on last night. Uh, you may have seen something similar before. It's called Rich Kids Go Homeless where they take... Uh, a lot of young people who are in very fortunate, very wealthy situations, and as the name suggests, uh, they make them go homeless and see how long they can survive and does their opinion of people who live on the streets and people who are let in less fortunate situations, does that change? Does it stay the same or what happens? We were lucky enough to get on to uh, one of the people who was on that show yesterday evening. He joins us on the live now, on the line now, rather, I should say. Uh, Jay, what's the story, sir? How are you? I'm great, thank you, and thanks for having me, guys. Nice to speak to you. Yeah, no worries at all. I love these programs just so because so, sometimes y- y- you never know which way it's going to go and certain people's attitudes can get worse when they go into them or get out of them and s- certain people can completely change their perspective. So before we maybe ask, you know, what you're thinking now and your attitude towards people who maybe live on the streets or homeless people, do you mind taking us through what were your initial attitudes before you did this program and took part in the experiment? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I was right up there with everyone else or at least everyone else that I you know, who, you know, would sort of dart around homeless people and give a wide berth, you know, when you see them sort of look towards you and just sort of not want to, to sort of attract any attention and just sort of get through it as quickly as possible. And the weird thing about that is you forget that that's a real person there. You forget that that's someone who's got a life to live. You just sort of want to put it at the back of your mind and get it. And, you know, before I went on the show, to be honest, I was a, probably quite a rude person, I think is an appropriate word. And... Yeah, so essentially, I just sort of didn't like them. I used to think they were dirty. I used to think that that was a hot spot for, for drugs and violence and things like that and generally stayed away from those types of people. And so at what point did you say, OK, I want to actually experience what it would be like to be homeless? So how it came about is I was approached on Instagram by a producer for the show who said, you know, we've got an opportunity here and we think that, you know, you have a pretty affluent lifestyle, so you'd be perfect for the show. And plus, I think you've got a bit of charisma. I doubted that last bit, but I thought, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I thought, yeah, um, that's quite interesting. And I said, sure. So what show is it? And they said, Rich Kids Go Homeless. And I said, oh, so you want me to be homeless? And what, you mean on the pavement homeless? And she went, yeah. (laughs) And I said, I'm not 100% sure about that. And she said, so think about this. The more money you have in a way, normally the more experiences you've got in life. And I said, yeah, that's true. And she said, 
What's the one thing that you don't normally get, no matter how much money you got? What's one experience you normally can't buy with money, not having money, being homeless? And I thought, you know, for a while, and I sat for a few days, and I sort of mulled it over, and I thought, well, yeah, this is probably something that I've never, ever experienced in life, and it's probably something that I'll never, ever fully understand or get to see up close. I thought, you know, I don't want to be naive, and I don't want to be too ignorant mm. towards people but i basically just sort of thought yeah i'll dive in head first i'll give it a go i'll experience it firsthand and see if my thoughts were really you know genuine or if i was completely wrong and maybe if i should look back on myself and think shame on you yeah what did your parents say parents were quite quite well depending on who you ask my mum was quite worried and she thought you know you got to be careful what if you, you die and explode and that's the end of it my dad, on the other hand, was a little bit more out there, and he was like, yeah, go for it. You never know. It might be cool. You might like it. Again, depending on who you ask, I got some very varied opinions. My dad's always been a bit of an adventurer, so I guess it's normal for him to say that. And naturally, my mum's a little bit more cautious. The motherly yeah, way, trying to obviously it. look after you and, 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 and not have you get into any trouble or whatever. Do you mind me asking now, you obviously don't have to go into specific details, but, you know, the title, Rich Kids Go Homeless, how comfortable like, is your life? Like, how much of a shock to the system was this? Um, well, I don't know how I should put this, but yeah, I've quite honestly never really had to struggle in my life for anything. But I do sort of think that I suffer from that sort of middle-class millionaire syndrome a little bit because I do have some friends that are multi-billionaires and, you know, I look at them and I think, well, whoa. So there's, there's always sort of like a, a perspective and I guess, again, compared to that end of the spectrum, I'm pretty up there. But, God, that, that, that's, that's funny, isn't it, how no, regardless of the situation we're in, we're still going to find people to piss us off and go, but I'm not a billionaire. This is terrible. Well, it, that's what it's like. You know, you, you, got a, you, you walk, you look at someone with a bike, you have a bike, you look at someone with a car, you have a car, you look at someone with a, with a Ferrari, you have a Ferrari, you look at someone with a helicopter, you know, it kind of goes like that. So then, obviously, when you got picked for the show, what was the process? So the process was quite interesting. I didn't actually understand how, how they were doing it at first, and then I kind of figured it out later on. So when they interviewed me, or at least in my experience, they're asking me a lot of specific questions, and looking back, I did give some kind of knobhead answers in a way, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. And I think, and literally the more I said this stuff, and I thought, uh, they probably think that I'm an idiot now, the more they thought... This, this guy looks like a perfect candidate because I think the idea behind it is to see if they can get someone who's sort of blinded a little bit and get them to sort of turn around. And well, in all honesty, I really did do that. I really did bond well. It doesn't come, ac uh, come across well. There's just so much that we did that, that you couldn't fit into an hour with, with the homeless buddies that I was sort of paired with. You know, even after the show ended, I genuinely did kept go uh, keep going back there and I did keep visiting them. And apart from lockdown, I, I would have carried on doing it, but unfortunately that's not possible at the minute. During the show, you had to live with, like, homeless people that would be on the streets anyway. You were sitting there beside them and you were living how they lived. Yeah, everything. I'm talking, you know, making money, going to the bathroom, food, you know, you name it. The, the full shebang. Um, literally quite an eye-opening experience where you have to rely on like a five guys or Penis Cross Station to be your home bathroom. But again, like I said, it's one of those experiences that you, you don't buy. You, you can't, you know, go into a, a travel agent or something and book a, a holiday to experience homelessness. So it's definitely an eye-opening experience. And although yeah. I'm really glad that I did it, and I'm definitely going to keep this experience with me for a long time, I'm not sure I'd do it a second time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, again, I can't imagine. I, yeah, I think everyone would be in the same boat if you're given the options. How many days did you wind up uh, sleeping rough? So um, I actually spent three nights 
and technically four days, I was there just a little bit in the morning on the 4th. And then, of course, there was a another extra day when there was the uh, at the beginning when we did the background stuff as well. So um, it's quite a, quite a long process, and especially when I was homeless, almost all of that time was was caught on camera, literally every single second, even when asleep. And what was the most challenging thing that you encountered? The most challenging thing, um, I would have to say that that's uh, dealing number one with the cold and discomfort because just being ignored by people and you're literally getting quite desperate you're starting to want to plead to people's better nature. And they just look at you like an alien. They walk past you. No one wants to give you a time of day. You could be there saying, please, can you just help me with something? Can I get some advice or point me where I'm supposed to go? And literally people will carry on their conversation if you walk up to a group or a couple of people and absolutely pretend that you're like a ghost in a different dimension. They won't even acknowledge your existence. And it's really sort of unnerving experiencing something like that. That's probably the most difficult thing because, of course, if you look around, you can't find a bathroom. If you look around, eventually you'll find some food or something. But it's when you need help from other people, other human beings, and they just blank you, it's quite unnerving. It must be a very strange, because I've seen, obviously, that programme and, and a few other ones with similar things, and that's what everyone says, is that people just see straight through you, and that's the hardest part. Not even the weather, it's just having no... I mean, we're struggling now with the lack of human connection in lockdown, right? And people are kind of getting a bit frustrated, and their other halves are doing their heads in, right? But imagine just everyone's out and about, literally walking by you. I can't imagine how difficult that would be. But during the couple of days that you were, again, out rough completely... What, was there any particular moments that really opened your eyes and maybe changed your perspectives on people who are living on the streets? I would have to say uh, that would be drugs. So I would never, ever recommend anyone take drugs and I would never sort of encourage it. But watching people that have gone through the process, and it's not a night and day thing. It's, you don't just wake up one morning and say, I've got a lovely life, I'm just going to suddenly start taking heroin. It doesn't work like that. You have these people that have a great life, um, their partner leaves them, gets hard at work, they, they can't keep the house by themselves and, you know, eventually um, lose their job and they can't keep mortgage payments up and they end up on the streets and they're depressed because everything in their life that meant something, uh, you know, partner, kids, house, cars, all being taken away, friends, we've got no family to rely on and you just, you know, if you have a bad day at work, you want to go to the pub, you want to have a drink. You know, and that's a form of escapism. And when your life really goes down the toilet, you really want something stronger almost as a form of escapism. And people sort of hear about other people doing it and they sort of lean into it and they get pulled in and then, then it's too late. And they all end up, you know, doing things like these A-class drugs and with sort of no way out. And they would all sort of take it back if they could. But of course, once it's got that grip on you, too late. No, it's fascinating, not in a good way, but... Yeah. You can see the pain in people's faces when, when they try not to. Um, something that didn't come across on camera is when, um, when one of the homeless people I was with wasn't or tried to stop just for those few hours. I said, just try to try and stop taking that stuff and put that money towards something better, like a room or something. And you could see the genuine struggle in them, like a, almost like a biological conflict in the mind as they're sort of starting to sweat and they're starting to look really stressed and they're starting to hyperventilate. And in the end, they can't, they, they can't deal with it anymore. They have to go and calm it down. It's literally ripping them apart. So 
when I imagine just from talking and reading some of the articles and the interviews that you've did done and with with the show, if you've just tuned in, by the way, we're talking to Jay. He was on uh, Rich Kids Go Homeless uh, last night. Spent a couple of days living rough and experiencing everything that someone who would be homeless um, would experience. Did you think initially that it should be easy for someone to get out of homelessness and now maybe appreciate or have a different perspective on that? I mean. Absolutely, I did. I thought it would be a cakewalk. But you see, the thing is, when you come up with a plan like that, you're sitting in a, in a, in a comfortable room, you know, you've got a full fridge, you've got the heating on, you know, you've probably got a, a drink on the table and you're just comfortable. You think, right, this is my plan. I'll have a shower in the morning. I'll go, actually, it's not like that. It's, you know, you're in clothes that don't fit, that are wet, and you've got people that are dangerous. Surround, uh, surrounding you, you're freezing cold, you've got nothing to eat, and you just can't really put a plan together effectively. And then as soon as you get some money together, the first thing that you need to take care of is, I'm cold, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm wet, and you, you, need, you want like a change of clothes, you want something to eat, you want to just get comfortable enough to think clearly. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever tried to come up with a, a plan to change your entire life whilst you're tired, hungry and soaking wet and cold whilst other people are looking at you, but it's not easy, you know? I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Like, we have support around us, like you said, you a roof over your head. That if you are in that situation, there just seems to be no out in your own mind, or it's much more challenging than it would be for, for anyone else that isn't in that situation. Yeah, because you're, as you said, you're looking at basic survival. It's food and shelter are your primary yeah. things um, and, and I don't think people appreciate that maybe as much as possible. Well, I suppose the, the good thing to come out of this is you seem to have you know, com- completely changed a significant perception and, and attitude that, you know, towards those types of people. What, um, for, for people who might still be, let's say, like you, walking down the road, who are maybe scared to see a homeless person or a beggar or someone coming up to them, what, what would you say to those people? Um, well, this, this isn't sort of gospel, and I wouldn't say this is, you know, uh, 100%. Nine times out of ten, if you meet a homeless person or you walk past them genuinely, even if they do um, use a substance, or even if they do want to have a drink, you shouldn't be judging too harshly for that, because at the end of the day, we all want to have a drink or something like that. But they are people that have sort of, nine times out of ten, again, had sort of like a, a bad hand dealt to them, in a way. People don't actively want to end up on the streets. People try to avoid ending up homeless. People always want more money. People always try to work hard and always try to keep their jobs. But when things really do go, you know, belly up, so to speak, and, you know, they end up in in a position where they sort of rely on the generosity of other people. And, of course, if it isn't there, then they're not going to get themselves out of that situation. If a few more people were a little bit more generous to the right people who are going to actually use that to better themselves, you'd see a lot less homeless people about because a lot want to um, get, like, a place to stay, get some decent clothes, you know, just find a shirt and trousers and go around and ask for a job because um, a lot of the time you don't have enough at any one point to take care of uh, your hunger, tiredness and your other basic needs plus get, like, uh, a half-decent place to stay and a fresh pair of clothes and prepare, like, a CV or something. You, you never really have enough capital at one yeah. point to, to get all of that done. That's, that's the struggle there and that's the issue. I, I do think there should be more services out there that allow people to make themselves presentable and sort of interview ready so that they can try and get a, a source of permanent income to get off the street. And I don't think a smile goes amiss as well. I've actually spoken to a few people before that live on the streets because, like you said, people treat you like you're not there, that you, you don't exist walking by you. I think that's very difficult. 
It is. I mean, again, with with COVID nineteen, I think we've we've all all starting to understand a little bit. Even when you can FaceTime family and you know look at people through a screen, it's not the same as in person. Even with that level of human contact, we we still wish that you could meet them for real and have a hug or get some proper acknowledgement. So imagine if you didn't even have that, and everyone, even though there are real people standing in front of you that you're calling out to at a time of need, just look at you like you're filth. You know, it's really quite disheartening. Perfect. Well, I think we'll um, we could talk obviously a hell of a lot longer with that. But listen, Jay, thanks a million for popping on and speaking to us. Delighted to hear that you know you had somewhat of a positive experience coming out of it. Um, and listen, if you ever do anything similar, feel free to get in touch. But thanks a million for popping on F104 this evening. You guys are very welcome. Glad to speak to you. This is Room 104 with Cormac and Sersha. FM 104. Yeah, it's Cormac and Sersha here for your Thursday evening. Hope you're well. Get in touch. Let us know what you're up to. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Our interview there with Jay from uh, Rich Kids Go Homeless. That'll be up on the Room 104 podcast if you missed it. As I said, uh, a lot of rich, spoiled kids as part of that TV show are uh, going to be living on the streets for a few days to uh, see if they can change their attitudes and their beliefs and their whole uh, perspectives on the homeless situation at the moment. So a uh, good interview there with Jay and it'll be up on the podcast in the next few moments uh, still to come on the show. Terrible, terrible movies for you. I think I, I, I say this every week, Saoirse, but I think I may have found <laughs> a, movie, a very, very bad movie. One of the worst ones so far. I mean, we found some bad ones, but I think I found a very, very bad one this evening. You know, I was talking to my friend about this earlier on and I was like, I need to get a really bad film that's on Netflix right now because we review them every week and so on. And she was like, every time we sit down to watch a film on Netflix, it turns out to be crap. <laughs> that was her answer to, <laughs> to, to, to looking for the worst one. But I think I found a pretty bad, I would say, cliche thriller. Oh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Trashy thriller. You're going to love it. Mm. Lovely, yeah. Um, we'll do that in a few moments' time as well. Um, and you can let us know if you've ever sat down and watched Absolute Tripe that you think other people should suffer through as well because you had to. Drop us a WhatsApp uh, and let us know. Now, are there any plumbers in the house who know how to fix a bit of a disaster situation? Plumbers? Now, I, you know, obviously I have issues with the toilet and the shower most of the time. I don't have any hot water. Still? So I have my own problems. Yeah, I have no hot water. Oh, we can add this to the list. Maybe we'll get like a two-for-one deal. That's what I'm thinking. I, I'm living in the 60s. Like, I've no hot water. I, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to... Is there some sort of course, like a survival course for surviving in your own house so that if things <laughs> go wrong, you actually know what to do? Because, like, pff, just when it comes to that kind of manual labour stuff, some things you are like, grand, and then other things you're like, no, I'm going to kill myself. But um, I was in the shower earlier on, electric shower, and then, you know the way there's the, the, the rope thing you pull down to put the yep. power on? And then there's the button on the unit... Yeah. So that's all going grand. I'm having my shower, no problems. And then I turn the shower off at the unit and turn the lead off. And then water just continues to fly out of the shower. <gasps> Even though it's turned off? Even though it's turned off. So right now, up in the main bathroom shower, there's just water, you know, f- pouring, coming straight out of the, the <laughs> shower head. And I, I can't turn it off. So you uh, might as well I'm invite all the neighbors in. That long. Oh yeah, I just, I, I'm all the shower. just plugging the bath, just putting the thing in the bath and just having a bath full of water and going, Look, at, least, at least we can kind of do something with that though. But uh, I'm pretty sure it probably won't last too long because I imagine the tank is going to empty. But for the last half hour or so, it, there's just been a constant stream of water coming out of the electrical shower, the electric shower, and I have absolutely no idea how to turn off. Yeah, I, I 
definitely couldn't help you with that one at all. I'm just looking to, to get hot water in my shower. If anyone knows how to do that, that would be great. Something wrong with my boiler. I'm pretty sure an ex-boyfriend at one stage turned it off and I don't know how to turn it back on. So, like, I turned some Disaster. knobs in underneath the in the hot press and then, like, all the taps downstairs stopped working. And I was like, that's probably not the best <laughs> idea. So, we'll see what's going on now. Oh, so the shower's still tragic. going and no one can have a cup of tea downstairs. This is the situation we've got ourselves to this That evening. just reminds me, I remember having dinner one day at home and everyone was talking about bloody college courses at the time. I can't remember. Maybe my yeah. brother was doing his leaving cert. But my mom turned around and she was like, I think it should be mandatory that every single person does a trade when they leave school whether it's plumbing or carpentry or whatever it might be, because we're useless. Do you know what? That's not a bad idea, right? So instead of back in the day, what was it, conscription? or conscri- You know, when they sign you up for a couple of years in the army, that you have to do yeah. one or two years as a trade so you can go off and, and sort your life out. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. That's who I know she would team me up with if she was to marry me off. She'd marry me, marry me off to a plumber or an electrician. Just I a think. man with a pair of Snickers pants. Yeah, a man that can fix things. Huh. Right. Definitely. I'm like, I can edit audio. <laughs> what good is that? I was thinking there today, right? <laughs> I was thinking there today. If I was ever put in a survival situation, you know, when people get sent to a desert island um, for one of those survival series or whatever, and I'm sitting there, the depressing realisation that you, you actually would have no applicable skills at all. Zero. There is nothing more attractive. And look, I shouldn't be saying, you know, this is a man's job. It's not a man's job. Women should be able to do this too, obviously. But there's nothing more attractive than a man who can fix things. <laughs> Whether it's light a fire in the middle of nowhere or just knows how to do things. Like a Bear grills. So no. I spent I spent I spent the rest of the afternoon right uh, with just the noise of the shower still going in the background, moping through Amazon looking for home DIY books that I can buy to start <laughs> flicking through to start making some sort of effort at like what do you do with your uh, life you sad pathetic man can't even stop. fix that shower thing because I've no idea what's wrong with it so if anyone if you've had an electric shower fault before I know sometimes the electric shower gets a little bit bipolar as it goes hot and cold all of a sudden and you think it's freezing and then you turn up and then you just scald the skin off yourself right that's yeah. one issue but now it's literally turned off the light on the unit is turned off the, the the cord power thing that you pull down that's off as well and there's just water pumping out of the thing <laughs> do you know what's really funny people ask us sometimes you know when you're talking about things like this on air are you making it up no, no. we're not no, 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 this, no, no, is, no. this is real This I have only cold water in my shower and you have a shower that doesn't turn off <laughs> it will turn <laughs> off now when all the water's gone and then she'll be like do you want a cup of tea and I'll be like no you're fine you shouldn't have one either I, we should <laughs> Have no water for the rest of our lives. This is the situation that is yeah. going to be. But you see, are you interested in knowing how to fix it or do you just wish someone would do it for you? No, I, I'm kind of, I'm interested to know so I don't have to deal with the, the, the shame of, let's say, her having to constantly call her out to come over and fix things and then his oh, disappointed yeah. face looking at you going, what is she marrying? <laughs> <laughs> you see, my dad idiot. can't do any of that stuff. So my dad is useless with DIY stuff. And that's why my mom is adamant that we marry someone that is good at that kind of stuff. It's better off. You know? I mean, okay, unless yeah. we start a, a, a polyamorous relationship where we just invite a plumber in, and that you know, <laughs> yeah. this is how we'll, this is how we'll get around it. Because again, if I was on a desert island, I'm trying to think like what what useful things could I do? Oh, I can uh, I can clean up some audio and edit some. Nah, that's that's not going to work. Well, <laughs> you I can, can tell some, jokes. Do you know what I could do? 
I could take I could tell some jokes. I I could take I could take some beautiful sunset photos uh, on the desert island and filter them in Adobe Lightroom, and I'd be like, guys, these look amazing. It's like everyone's dead because you were meant to get food. Oh yeah, sorry. You wanted to add a little black and white photo here. So God, like you'd be useless, but I'd be even worse. Like, what can I bring to to a desert island? Nothing. I absolutely can't bring anything. I can talk absolute nonsense for, you know, for as much time you need. That'll drive everyone on the desert island insane after a while as well, Saoirse. You'll have no food, no tools made. Oh, I get hangry, I get tired, I'm grumpy, I'm I'm a disaster. I'd be a terrible person. So yeah, desert island, who you would bring, I would definitely bring an electrician, I'd definitely bring a plumber, a handyman. Who else would you bring? A mechanic, just in case? Uh, maybe People that an know engineer. how to do things. Oh, and en- obviously an engineer. Yeah. Oh my God, how would I forget an engineer? Yeah. Yeah. Then you'd be grand. So, Someone yeah. would definitely so be able to go get you food and stuff. Yeah. So listen, let us know if you've ha- ever had any like serious home DIY disasters in the gaff, whether you took the front of the washing machine off and all of a sudden your <laughs> kitchen turned into a swimming pool or uh, <laughs> m- maybe you've uh, blocked up the toilet. We've all been there. You can let oh us know... God. Can I just interrupt you there for two seconds? That happened to me. So I had... What did? I, my washing machine wasn't working about two months ago and I didn't know why and it started to smell really bad. So then I decided, oh, there's a thing down the bottom that you twist off oh, and no. all this water. And it wouldn't stop coming out. And anyway, it was flooding the place and then I had to call a plumber and then he came out. Do you know what was stuck? There was a hair clip stuck in it. Oh, no. He literally just took the hair clip out and he was like, oh, that's it, fixed for you. How embarrassing is that? Yeah, hey, thanks, bay. I thought I needed hey. a new washing machine. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, listen. Uh, you can you can let us know if you've had any horrifically bad uh, disasters in your gaff DIY related, and le- how did you how did you overcome these you know the struggle and strife of modern life in 2020? That's one thing I'm going to learn now while we're in quarantine and lockdown. How to fix everything. Now I yeah. probably won't be able to do it, but you know. Um, we'll do a bit of a, a few YouTube tutorials or whatever. So listen, let us know. Oh, it's seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Still to come on the show. Details about uh, mind your noggin. Uh, the day we're doing tomorrow week, the May the twenty second, a huge charity fundraiser that we're doing here on the station. Details, and we would like your suggestions about a, a certain thing that we're doing. So we'll, we'll ask you about those a little bit later on. And we've got some terrible movies uh, to be giving you as well uh, in a few moments' time. And um, the question that you have this evening, Saoirse, is. The question I have today is we tend to lower the pitch of our voices when we are what? Oh, so we talk like this <laughs> when we're doing something. Yeah. And if you think when about I'm... it, like when I tell you the answer or someone guesses the answer, it's going to kind of make sense. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I am, I'm I not, yeah, I suppose it, we, do, we probably don't do this consciously, do we? No, we don't do it consciously, no. It's just something that we happen to do in a certain situation. Yeah. And it's okay. a good indicator, though, if, if you wanted to know something about someone. Right. That, that's the first one you're going to get now, anyway. Okay, listen, you tend to lower the pitch of your voice when you're doing what? When you're doing what? Okay, why do you think it is? Take a guess this evening. We tend to lower the pitch of our voices when we're doing what? FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Details a little bit later on about FM 104's Mind Your Noggin Day. That's next Friday, not tomorrow. Tomorrow week, May the 22nd. I will be asking for your suggestions on something in particular as well. Also, Saoirse, I just realised, right, um, I because I control your mic, I could throw it up and in the middle of an ad or middle of a song and you'd never know. I know, you could literally get me fired because the things that I come out with, you know, those curse oh, words. And I could be so horrific. Imagine I was an absolute, like, the worst kind of human in the world, you know, you know, just <laughs> disgusting people's, right? And I was asking you a load of really inappropriate, like, offensive questions and my mic down and you were just spewing yeah. away answers and then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> yeah, you've been cancelled, you've seen it, bite, 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 bite. And it would just look like I was talking to myself as well, just absolutely going 90 on it, and uh, there's no reason for it. So, yeah, you could do that. So I'm putting my faith in your hands, essentially. Uh, stupidly as well, probably. Very, very stupidly. Please just do my bum. Do- <laughs> Is he just... <laughs> <laughs> when you come out with stuff like that, yeah. I'm just like, seriously, calm down. Do you know the sad thing about that? I wasn't trying to hide that. Like, I said that on air happily. You know, that wasn't a case yeah. of me going, did that go out? No, that did. Yeah, you said that. I said that. Look, I love getting a bum massage. I'm not going to lie. In a non-sexual way. Move on. If there's, a, if there's anything non-sexual uh, about that. Uh, okay, the uh, question this evening, Saoirse, was... We tend to lower the pitch of our voices when we are what? Any idea? And it, not necessarily, as you said, it's not necessarily the volume, it's the pitch. The pitch of your voice, yeah. So, when is the last time you went around and was talking to somebody? That's when, you know, the plumber comes over and you try to be more manly. Like, oh, yes, is it the, uh, it's the, uh, yeah. It's funny, after I read this, yeah, I thought, oh, yeah. Now that you kind of think back, certain situations that you might be in where you're talking to someone Mm. and, and you do notice it. Or you might notice this in a film. Really? Yeah, you probably would, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd say uh, so. Uh, have a guess there. What do you think it is? 0876797104. When would you say you lower the pitch of your voice? When you are what? When you are, oh, I like this. When you're having a good gossip about your one. <laughs> when you're having a good gossip about the one across the road that you and the neighbours don't like. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah, because you would go, t- don't look, don't look. They're coming. And, and then you go, don't voice. effing look, you idiot. It's always the way, isn't yeah. it? You say, don't look. And they're like, who? Hey, what? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> so true. That's why no, I think if you are right gossiping, 
Yeah. I think if you are gossiping, right, I think you just do it nonchalantly as if you're talking about someone else, even if it's really inappropriate. Because as soon as you go, hang on a second, everyone, everyone in the office, everyone on the street kind of goes, what are they whispering about? That's true, actually. So and I tend to do that. I tend to talk, if I'm talking about someone, I tend to say it like I'm talking now. Yeah. Because, yeah, n- people don't pick up on it. But stupidly, the person you tell usually goes, shh. And, and you're like, really oh, obvious. come on, Tara, yeah. serious? We're in an office here now. We can bitch about anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it's just obviously the break in the rhythm or the pattern of your conversation. Someone's like, what's going on? Who is bitching? Yeah, anyway. that's exactly it, yeah. Um, so is it when you're having a good gossip to you, Lou, the pitch it's, when you're going, you're going over there as a bit of a cow? No, I, no? Th- I think ah. you're more likely to whisper in that, in that scenario. Right, okay. You know, but this but is I don't, specifically yeah. to do with the pitch of your voice. No, no. So this is this is lowering the pitch of your voice. So purposely right, okay. lowering it, maybe not obviously knowing you're doing it, but you're doing it for a reason. Yeah. Um, quick hello to Dennis. Dennis, thanks for your message this evening. Hope you're well. Uh, so what? Do you, what the the question? We tend to lower the pitch of our voices when we are what? So what do you do when you end up lowering lowering the pitch of your voice? Okay, let's see if you can get this. Have a guess. Drop us in a WhatsApp. Uh, this one comes in from Raymond. Good evening, Raymond. How are you this evening? Uh, is it in an interview? In an interview. That's hmm. a cool guess. So if you're going in for a job interview, you don't be all like, ha, ha, ha. you want to be well, cool, think- calm, and maybe collected. Yeah, you would be probably calmer if you were speaking in a lower tone. Like high pitch does kind of equate to nervousness, doesn't it? A little bit. And maybe a bit of immaturity, is it? Because it might be associated with kind of kids. Yeah, maybe, the yeah. You are the higher pitch your voice. Yeah, that's a good guess. It's not the right answer, though. Not the right answer. We lower the pitch of our voices when we are what? And women do this as well. So it's men and women. Oh, okay. So both sexes. Um, it's not in interviews. It is in a certain situation. Yeah. <laughs> and think um, about it. Like, think about a film, think about a TV show, think about certain scenarios when you might notice this happening. It's not uh, coincidental has- that they do this in films, by the way, I don't think. Okay, um, Sandra, she's, you're out in Sandra, uh, Sandra, good evening, Sandra, how's you? Um, Sandra thinks it is when you're giving out to someone. When you're giving out to someone. Now, mm. let me think, when's the last time I gave out to someone? I tend to lose my mind, so <laughs> I'd probably go a bit higher pitched. I'm trying to think, like, if you're having a row with someone, you obviously yeah. probably get louder, but do you get, do you get like... You're a bleeding tick. That's kind of low, you know what I mean? Yeah, true, actually. You wouldn't be high-pitched. So maybe you do lower your lower your pitch to your voice. I don't know. It's a good question. I must uh, calculate that the next time I'm arguing. Yeah, yeah deliberately See, start planting some seeds with some people to have an argument, and then you can go, oh, sorry, by the way, I was just losing the head with you because I needed to check the pitch <laughs> of my voice. I don't I'm really sure there's you. an app that will let you know the pitch of your voice. How, how far it goes up and down. Uh, no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. Okay. So it's not arguing. Right. It's not an interview. It is not arguing, not an interview, not bitching about the neighbour across the road. No. Um, not gossiping? No. no. Can I ask you, is this something you would do in a group situation or let's say like um, on your own or with another person? Um, usually you would do this with another person. 
usually. Okay. 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 I mean, I mean, you uh, could do it in a group, but you know, right. usually it'd be with just one other person. Right, okay. Let us know what you think it is. Okay, when are you lowering the pitch of your voice? 0876797104. The question again was... We tend to lower the pitch of our voices when we are what? <sighs> this is an interesting one now, especially because obviously this is, this is uh, true. Uh, the guesses we have had so far is in a job interview kind of setting. Uh, no. Uh, good guess, though. When you were kind of gossiping about someone, when you're bitching about someone, when you're arguing with someone. No. Um, we have a guessing from Laura. Laura, good evening. How's you on this fine Thursday night? She says, it's when you answer the phone... Cause She's, you were dead right, Laura. People do have a phone voice and then their normal voice. <laughs> they do, actually, yeah. Although mine is higher pitched on the phone. Oh, Because I try and sound so? more bubbly, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Hey, I'm it's like, a Yay! <laughs> it's annoying. You know, I don't answer the phone being like, hello. Now, my dad always answers the phone really low, like with a low pitch. I wonder like, if, if his Laura answers like, the phone with a really low pitch as well. Yeah, like you're saying, hi, it's Laura. Has Laura here, hi. Yeah, it's weird. No, I think most people would go higher on the phone, I'd feel. Because you're overcompensating because you're not in front of them. Let's ring Laura and see how she answers the phone. <laughs> okay. <hand. laughs> Poor Laura. She's listening. She's let's, like, no. Let's see if Laura answers the phone with a really low voice. Hang on. Hello? Hello, is this Laura? Yeah, speaking. You are live on FM104, how are you? Oh, hi, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> we just yeah, wanted to know how low, low voice. your voice was yeah. when, you're, when you answered the phone. <laughs> was it Laura? Uh, that was impressive, because I usually answer like, hi, like that, like it's annoying. <laughs> so we were trying to see, do you answer the phone like you said in your message that people do? And you do. That was a nice yeah. low pitch. <laughs> Does Beautiful. that mean that was the answer? Um, uh, is that the answer, though, Susha? <laughs> is that the answer? It's not the answer, no. Ah, oh, for God's uh. sake, all this effort. Poor Laura here, just in her know, own evening still. room. Scary, unknown numbers, calling her at bloody 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday. <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. Um, FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sersha Long. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.